Welcome to Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces. I'm your host, Cassie Opea. You can find new episodes every Friday on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram and Facebook for all future updates at creepycases.spookyspaces. Due to the nature of this show, some of the details can get pretty graphic, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome back. This week's story made headlines in 2014 when a couple who thought they were moving into their dream home actually had their plans derailed. After receiving threatening letters from a mysterious source that gave way way too many details, they ended up becoming too terrified to move in. This is the creepy case of the Westfield Watcher. summer of 2014, Derek, his wife Maria, and their three children were getting ready to move into the home located at 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. Purchasing this home allowed them to fulfill a dream as Maria was raised in Westfield, this home being just a few blocks from her childhood home, the home's spacious layout, and It was in one of the 30th safest cities in the U.S. Derek grew up in working-class Maine, moving his way up to the senior vice president position of an insurance company. Their three children were already debating which chimney Santa would use. Derek had just finished doing a few chores to prepare the home for move-in one evening when he went outside to check the mail. Of course, there wasn't much, as they officially weren't living there yet, just a few bills and what has been described as a white card-shaped envelope addressed to the new owner in thick, clunky handwriting. The note inside was typed. It began, innocent enough, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. From there, the letter took quite an odd turn. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches the 110th birthday, I've been put of charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched over the house in the 1920s, and my father in the 1960s. It is now my time. Who am I? 
There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out at any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all of the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. The author then signed The Watcher in cursive. While I couldn't find any photos of the actual letter anywhere, some sites say it mentioned details about the Broadus family, as in the writer was able to identify the family's minivan, as well as the workers renovating the home, saying, I see that you have already flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy, do you? Earlier that week, Derek and Maria had gone to the house, and while chatting with their neighbors, their children, ages 5, 8, and 10, ran around the backyard with several kids from the neighborhood. And the letter writer obviously saw this. He, or she, was asked if there were any more on the way. That part was apparently before the young bloodline. The letter also included a message that this would not be the last correspondence, and even stated, Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. So, being that it was later in the evening and Derek was alone, he ran through the house, turning off all of the lights, and then called the Westfield Police Department. An officer came to the house, read the letter, and literally said, What the fuck is this? He asked if Derek had any enemies and suggested he moved some construction equipment in case the watcher got the idea to throw it through one of the windows. Derek immediately left and went home to Maria and their children, who were living in their old home somewhere else in Westfield. Together, they wrote an email to the previous owners, John and Andrea Woods, to ask if they had any idea who the watcher was or why he or she had written, 
I asked the woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. Andrea Woods replied the next morning, saying a few days before moving out, they had also received a letter from the watcher. They said that the note had been odd and made similar mention of the watcher's family observing the house over time, but Andrea said that she and her husband had never received anything like it in the rest of the 23 years living in the house and threw the letter out. After talking to the Woods, both families went to the police and told them what happened. The police instructed them to keep the letters to themselves and not tell their neighbors, as now they had all become suspects. Two weeks later, the Broadduses had still not moved in and were on high alert everywhere they went. Derek ended up canceling work trips. When they visited the house, they would call the children's names if they stepped one step out of sight. When giving a tour of the house, Derek froze when the wife said, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood. The contractor showed up one morning to find a heavy sign that he had hammered in the front yard had been removed. Two weeks later, after the first letter arrived, another letter came. Maria recognized the thick black lettering on a card-shaped envelope and called the police. Our creepy case continues after a word from our sponsor. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The letter began. The workers have been busy and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time, they will. This letter addressed Derek and Maria directly as Mr. and Mrs. Broadus, although their names were misspelled. Had the watcher been close enough to hear one of the Broadus's names? The watcher went on about having learned about the family, especially their children. The letter referred to them by birth order and their nicknames, most likely the ones that Maria had been yelling. I am pleased to know your names now and the names of the young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often. The letter asked about one child in particular, saying they had seen them using an easel inside an enclosed porch. Is she the artist in the family? 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. 
Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedroom facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me know who is in each room. Then I can plan. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now, you are too, Braddis family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I'll be waiting. After receiving this letter, Maria and Derek stopped bringing their children to the house, halted their plans to move in, causing a third letter to appear. Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. Many Westfield residents compare their town to Maybury. 45 minutes from New York, a slow-moving town, most of the 30,000 residents are well-to-do families. It's the 99th richest city in America and 18th in New Jersey. Built in 1905, 657 Boulevard was perhaps the grandest home on the block. And when the Woods put it up for sale, they received multiple offers above the asking price. This led the Broadduses to initially believe that the watcher might be someone who was upset over losing out on buying the house. But the Woods said the others backed out for other reasons. Andrea proposed another theory based on the mention of construction trucks and that the children, it was someone in the neighborhood. Details like the postmark proved the letters were mailed from a close proximity. The first was sent on June 4th, before the sale was made public, and the Woods never put up a for-sale sign. No one noticed any unusual activity, and when they walked around the house, they realized the porch where the easel sat was blocked in view unless someone was behind the house or right next door. Derek believed he had figured out who was sending the letters at one point. While chatting with John Schmidt, he told Derek about the Langfords who lived in between their two homes. Peggy Langford was in her 90s, and several of her adult children all in their 60s 
lived with her. They were an odd family, but harmless for the most part. The Langford house sat next to the porch with the easel. The family lived there since the 1960s, when the watcher's father was observing the home. Richard Langford had died 12 years earlier, and the current watcher had been on the job for the better part of two decades. Frustrated with the police investigation, or the lack thereof, Derek took matters into his own hands. He set up web cameras and spent nights crouched in the dark, watching to see if anyone had come to the house. They even turned to several experts, a private investigator who staked out the neighborhood and ran background checks on the Langfords, but didn't find anything noteworthy. A former FBI agent who actually served as the inspiration for Clarice Starling in Silence of the Lambs, and Robert Linehan, another former FBI agent, to perform an assessment of threat. He suggested the writer was older, many attributes such as the salutations, the mention of the weather, the sentences were double-spaced, also a less macho writer. He didn't feel he would act on any of the threats, but there were typos to imply erraticism. The Watcher also didn't seem happy with new money moving into the neighborhood. Are you one of those Hoboken transplants who are ruining Westfield? Perhaps the writer was jealous that they bought a home the Watcher couldn't afford. The Langfords were the main focus of the investigation. They set up a plan to try and get a reaction, sending a letter of intent to tear down the house. But no response was received. Detectives questioned Michael Langford, and his sister claimed the police were harassing their family. The situation became so bad that it actually caused nightmares for both Derek and Maria. Derek came down with depression, and Maria developed post-traumatic stress disorder. Both were afflicted with paranoia, and even though they had installed an alarm system, they were still overcome with anxiety on the thought of moving into the home. And by the end of 2014, the case had come to a standstill. No evidence, no suspects, and the houses remained empty. The Baradises were petrified to move into the home, especially after many alarms tripping in the middle of the night. Derek began looking at dogs and personal security, even had the home blessed by a priest but they still just couldn't bring themselves to move in, fearing they would voluntarily be putting their children at risk. It also didn't help 
that the letters were becoming even more unhinged. 657 Boulevard is turning on me, one letter read. It is coming after me, and I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again in the like it once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. Six months after the letters began, the Broadduses decided to sell 657 Boulevard. Initially, they listed it higher to reflect the renovations, but rumors had already begun to move around town. Real estate agents were saying that their clients loved the home, but they needed to know more as they had heard all the whispers about a child predator or a stalker keeping tabs on the house and family. The Broadduses offered to show anyone interested in buying the home all of the letters. They even tried to sue the Woods, but the case was thrown out, ruling that there was no harm meant on their part, and Andrea claimed the letter seemed more strange than threatening. They had never felt watched or as if they were in any danger, and they barely even locked their doors for the 23 years they owned the home. In 2016, a family agreed to rent the home on the condition that they could move out if another letter arrived. And I'm sure you can guess what happened. Addressed to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. It then read in quite detail how the house despised them and how they would never escape it. It ended with how the Watcher won. The case of the Westfield Watcher is still unsolved today, as they had very little to go on. There was no digital trail, no fingerprints, and even after multiple stakeouts at the home, very few suspects. They basically had the odd family next door, a gamer in the area whose code name was actually The Watcher, and even the Broadduses themselves. In 2019, the home was finally sold at $959,000. The Broadduses took a $400,000 financial hit. No reports of letters have come from the new neighbors.
But tell me your thoughts, because I have so many questions about this case. Who do you think the Watcher was? Could it be the Langfords? The gamer? Just being a troublemaker? Could it be the Broadduses themselves? Maybe they had a little bit of buyer's remorse? Never showing before and never showing after, could it have been someone who specifically knew Derek and Maria and maybe had a bone to pick with them? Why did they keep asking what was in the walls and had they found it yet? Why did they just keep saying young blood? And referring to the children, I mean, could it have been a child predator in the area? I just, I, I have so many questions. And I do hope that one day we can solve this case because I'd really like to know who was writing these letters. So send me your thoughts. You can send me a message through the podcast page on anchor.fm. You can shoot me an email at creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com. Or you can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram, both at creepycases.spookyspaces. If you'd like to join the discussion, um, we can definitely set up a time to chit-chat. And if you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so through the podcast page on anchor.fm. Until next time. smell that? The fairies must be whipping up something new over at the Wiccan Fae Candle Nook. The new layered candles are a must-have for any candle lover. You can choose from three scents to create your very own garden soiree or Sunday yummy Sunday. And the options don't stop there. With a wide variety of scent profiles and fun names like Bitch Slap Blue and Chill the Fuck Out, you're bound to find something for everyone. Right now, if you mention the discount code CREEPYSPOOKY at checkout, you can get 10% off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to pizzaandpigtails.com. Click the link in the left-hand corner and get your hands on your very own Wiccan Fae candle. Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces with Cassiopeia is an Ink and Memory production. Content researched and written by Cassiopeia. Audio editing done by Ink and Memory Productions. You can find new episodes every Friday on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartMedia, or your favorite podcast platform. If you'd like to join the discussion, recommend a creepy case or a spooky space, or join me on a future episode to discuss all of the above, you can reach out through the anchor.f 
M podcast page. You can send me a message on Instagram and or Facebook at creepycases.spookyspaces or you can send me an email at creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support the podcast, always appreciated, you can do so through the anchor.fm podcast page.